Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Mike. Travis, how are you today? I'm doing good. Who do we have today, if you don't mind telling me, I guess? John Poppy, Vice President of Information Technology. It's been a while since we had you. Yeah. Yeah. Anything big in the future you got going on? I can give you a rundown of some of the things that we're working on that are very, very driver centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a technology perspective, you know, I think, I think that one of the, obvious things that we have invested a ton of time in here over the last year is our maintenance software packages, right? So this is the systems that track every truck, every trailer, what we've done to it, you know, when the preventative maintenance has been done, what's, you know, and and all those outstanding work that has to get done, right? Mm -hmm. And having a really great system in the background really is complementary to our great maintenance team that we've got here. So Phil Mm -hmm. Treeweiler and his team um, do a fantastic job, and the technology just complements what they're trying to do, right? So now, as you walk in, um, as of November, middle of November, I'm sure many of the drivers have noticed that our technicians now have tablets that they work off of, so they don't have to walk over and use a, a kiosk computer, right, and, and work, mm-hmm. look up stuff on the truck or, or work on entering information. They can do it right from the tablet. They can be right next to the truck. Mm-hmm. So it's really an efficiency thing, you know, and, and the system we used to have before was pretty old, ran out old technology. So this is all modernized and new. And it just should help us be more efficient um, once we kind of get every, all the kinks worked out, much more efficient servicing the drivers and just helping us run more effectively as an organization. And we already have a world-class maintenance team here, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. This is just kind of icing on the cake, right? It's it uh, helps them just be more effective and helps our data be more clear. It's more accurate, I'm more sure. More accurate so we can make better decisions mm-hmm. um, and just overall run just more effectively as a company. So that was a tremendous effort. Um, you know, Rail's very fortunate to have really gifted and talented software developers who mm-hmm. are on my team, and, and that allowed us to build our own versus going out and buying something which – most of our competitors do that, and we just have the ability to build our own, and that's mm. very much fits in our innovative spirit here at Rail is to mm. build it when we can. Um, and another project in that same vein, when we talked about building it if we can, is our in-cab technology units. So our fleet today is outfitted with some older driver tech units, and the reason why we haven't replaced those yet is we've been working very hard in the background with our business partner to develop our own tablet solution. And we've gone through a couple different iterations of this. Um, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts. And we have been going down the path of using, and like a lot of solutions do today, use a Samsung type tablet. Mm-hmm. And then you layer software on top of that. 
And what we found and what the other competitors in the in-cab technology space have found is that Samsung, for whatever reason, probably like Apple, right? They love changing their product. So every year it's a different change and it's a physical change to the case and it's a lot of software changes. And that just is so disruptive when you're trying to put in a technology in the cab that's that's stable and consistent mm. uh, without you having to do a ton of work consistently and investing money um, and time over and over each year after every release of, of the new version of hardware or software. So, um, so all the players in the in-cab technology space have really struggled with the Samsung turn ratio or turn frequency, I guess mm-hmm. is the best word for it. So the best way to combat that is to control the hardware. And that's what we're doing right now. And I've spent um, a lot of time over the last five months working with our provider to re-engineer and develop our own tablet. So we're actually going to have a, a custom tablet solution, which allowed us to really do some great things like customize the mount and mm-hmm. how it attaches to the truck and the quality of the screen and the brightness of the screen and all those things that are really... You just don't always have that fine of control. So we're really working to develop this. So we have, and we are developing it from the circuit board on up, right? So the circuit board, we just got printed and made. Actually, this week in Salt Lake City, they're, they're putting on the processors and all these different components. One little circuit board inside this tablet has 865 components on it. So it's an incredible amount of engineering that goes into mm. creating those things. So so we should have that done by the end of this week. Then it's going to go through some testing cycles. We're printing up a new case, 3D printing a new case right now, which is how we prototype these things. And then hopefully, if all goes according to plan, sometime here in the next four weeks, we'll have a few of these brand new tablets in the truck here at rail testing and just debugging them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, our goal is that this will be the future design for our in-cab technology. We just had to work around this Samsung issue and kind of ultimately go our own way. But uh, it's been a really interesting venture for us. And ultimately, we just want to provide the best technology to our drivers and do it in a way that keeps us competitive with all of the other companies that we're going right. against. So. So that's been, again, but it's very much our, it's the rail innovation spirit, right? If you mm-hmm. if we can do it better ourselves, let's do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. The software comes from driver tech, and it's not necessarily specific just to rail. Although I would say we are by far the company that puts the most innovation into that. Um, that is more of a, what I would call a commercial software package. But the great thing is once we get this Android tablet running in the truck, we can layer our own software on top of that, which is kind of becomes an open canvas mm-hmm. for us. Then we can right. do some, some pretty cool things. Wow! And it mounts right in that B panel mm-hmm. of the dash, right, which is so nice because it's just right there. Right. So, really excited about that. It's a ten-inch tablet. Everybody loves you the tablet. See. You can see it really well. Um, when you touch it, it responds nicely. Very responsive. It's just like your cell phone. You yeah, know, that's so, a big thing right there. Yeah. So it's been really great, but we've we've had just a we've brought in some really great experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with a professor who used to uh, in, a, in, in San, out of San Antonio who specializes in these systems, 
And so we've got some really good technical guidance that we've brought in just to develop a really great product for Rails. So are these the same people that the companies like Samsung go to to get their stuff put together? Or talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we probably <clears throat> we work with independent contractors. So um, companies like Samsung, I'm assuming, use really big design firms. Mm -hmm. We're working with smaller firms, but very much the same expertise, right? So hardware-level engineering folks who know how to design computer circuit boards, right? And they're, we're designing these things, and, and the, the complexity is incredible inside mm -hmm. there, you know. And, and to put 860 or so small microprocessing chips um, on a 3-inch by 5-inch board, right, both mm -hmm. sides... Um, and design all that together to work in a cohesive system is just an incredible amount of engineering. And it's not a thing that I specialize on specifically, mm -hmm. but I've learned a, a tremendous amount just through this project too. So it's been, it's been very, in, inter very interesting, um, and I think it's going to bring some great things for rail. Yeah. Um, but it's all, you know, it's, I would say, very experimental right now. But uh, we just feel like we can do a better solution than what, we can go and buy out the right. market today. And if we can solve this problem of, of hardware stability, then it just puts rail in a much better spot than everybody else because everybody's dealing with this mm -hmm. constant change, which it's very expensive and costly and disruptive. So, so that's a pretty exciting project for us. Um, and we're, we'll keep everybody updated. But you know, mm -hmm. our goal is to be testing this new prototype here in the coming months. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, and then I would say the other thing that we're really working on that's kind of driver-centric right now um, with our software development team is just working to provide some better experiences with our learning management system. So today everybody is um, taking online classes through our Rail University Mm -hmm. And there's a piece of software in the back side of that that drives, um, you know, what courses are due or assigned or how you sign up for things or things that maybe your fleet manager or safety assign. And um, we just want to make that a little better experience. So um, the information that the fleet managers can see so that they can give some feedback to their drivers, um, we're working to kind of improve that visibility, um, make it a little more clear. And ultimately, put something into the My Rail app also, so that it's just a couple button clicks to you get to your list of courses that have been assigned to you, mm -hmm. or even courses that you signed up for yourself mm -hmm. from that self improvement list. Um, so you can see that clearly, and you understand. And here's here's what I have to get get accomplished or get get completed. So, so that's kind of a an effort for us to here in the coming month or so to get some of those improvements out there as well. It's it's for the older people. Sometimes the older drivers, we you know, we look at that and we go, we want to do it. It's finding it, and and the easier you make it, the more we we want to do it. We just hard for us to to get it accomplished. Yeah, you know, one other one other thing, kind of in this that just came to mind, and mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it before coming down and seeing with you guys, but is uh, we are actually also rolling out what we call an employee alerting system. And the employee alerting system is really designed so that if there's an emergency situation, whether it's weather-related mm -hmm. or some other safety situation where you need everybody to take some immediate action just to keep themselves safe, 
the hardest part is getting a hold of everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is we're putting in a system that really works on using everybody's cell phone because everybody always has their phone with them. And setting this up so that if an emergency situation happens where people need to take shelter or evacuate, we will be able to broadcast out to everybody's phone, hey, here's exactly what we want you to do at this very moment in time. And um, so what we'll be doing is it's it's pretty easy to know which non-driving employees are at a specific campus, right, like the Gary campus. But we'll be monitoring which drivers, you know, their respective trucks, right, which Mm -hmm. trucks are in that yard so that, if we need to send out an emergency message, we'll hopefully message, the goal is to message all the drivers that we know are at Gary at that moment in time mm-hmm. and say, hey, we, th- we believe you're at this facility. If you are, here's exactly what we need, to do, need you to do right now to, to stay mm-hmm. as safe as possible. So we're working on that system as well. And you obviously hope that there's never any situation where you have to, have to uh, take an action to stay safe, but our goal is to have a system available just in the event that we need it. So. We're working on that right now um, as well, and that's a pretty common system that companies put in just because it's so hard to know, hard mm-hmm. to reach people. So this be, should definitely help. Now, if a person doesn't have a work phone, they have a personal <clears throat> phone, then you would we would request that they either give it or don't. It's up to them, or how does that work? Um, it's everybody today uh, is part of the hiring process and onboarding process. You know, um, puts their cell phone number in, so we would message. That's the number of record we would use to message them on. Now, this is a system that even, you know, it's only ever going to send a text message if there is an absolute emergency. So it may be that you never get something from this system, Mm -hmm. but it's just good to know that there is a way to reach everybody at a physical location if we need to, um, whether it's Marshfield or Appleton or Gary, um, just so that we can say, hey, could be a tornado's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Need you to take immediate action and keep yourself safe, um, or any type of safety situation. But just to let them know that that they're in the, they're in this vicinity, we need them to take action right away. And and because everybody has a cell phone, that just is the easiest way to reach people. You know, versus you know, because everybody's spread out across. Some people are outside. Some people are inside. You know, so the old ways of doing a page over loudspeakers just does not work very effectively so right and with the tablets in the trucks uh, that's a that'll be a good future way to stay connected with drivers and send these kind of things too right potentially um, although sometimes I guess we're trying to always find a way that maximizes the the ability to reach people right and if your truck's powered off and your tablet's turned off or if you're walking between the truck and the building, I mean, all those different scenarios. So we felt like targeting a text message, um, if there really is an urgent situation, is probably the best way. It would guarantee uh, or give us the highest likelihood of reaching everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different pieces of technology out there, but mm-hmm. text messaging is probably the, the best. Is there going to be anything in on as far as like a, a one-touch option, let's say they have some kind of an emergency in the truck. They could touch it, and it would immediately contact someone. Yeah, that's an interesting – we haven't talked about that, mm-hmm. but that's a really interesting feature. Right. Um, I had one of my one of my students 
she she's fine now, but she had had a, I think like a massive heart attack or something, up, and luckily she was she was about to be late on her load, so rail was concerned, you know. But let's say she'd had plenty of time, say a thirty four on the road, no one would have thought to look for, right? You know, something that maybe she could have reached up and hit a button that would have immediately contacted someone. Well, I guess they could use their phone in that case, but. Right. But, you know, th- those types of things are mm-hmm. are great ideas for future improvement, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, even like a wearable. Yeah. Like, right. you know, wearable uh, Bluetooth. Something. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of really great devices mm-hmm. out there right now. I was just kind of uh, made, me, made me kind of chuckle a little bit because Apple mm-hmm. is coming out with all these things with their mm-hmm. newest phones, right? If you if they, if they think that you've been in an accident, for mm-hmm. example, they'll say, hey, have you been in an accident? Right. Uh, and when I was skiing in Colorado, it, uh, my son's phone called nine one one because he thought he had been in an accident. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just skiing, <laughs> but wow. the velocity and the changes in speed mm-hmm. and different things triggered the phone to think mm-hmm. that that he was in it. And they said it's actually a common issue right now with mm-hmm. Apple that in skiing specifically, mm-hmm. skiing and snowboarding, where it's having a hard time deciding it doesn't understand you're going if you're having fun if you're having really fun (laughs) or if something bad just really happened you can't figure that out you know so the twilight zone yeah (laughs) so we got to the bottom of the run and he's like my phone's buzzing and here is you know trying to there's emergency services calling back saying hey are you okay wow another another good feature they could put on that is a one touch a big button that pushes the, the keeping it real podcast. Oh, yeah. just, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we're going to have to be our first enhancement. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But that's me being selfish, though. <laughs> so, so what else have we got going on? I guess I'll put a, a plug in for IT security, right? Mm-hmm. We, we spend a lot of time on that. Um, whether we're doing phishing email simulations with everybody here that has a real email address. I'm trying to teach everybody from the day they start here about just really safe actions and the way to use technology in a safe manner. We certainly do not want to do anything to compromise the stability of our systems here in, at Rail. So there's a lot of effort there, and it's it's never it's a never-ending battle. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, as as much work as you put into making your system safe. There's bad actors working just as hard to figure out the mm-hmm. next way to Have we had compromise. some incidents that? No. No, we've been good. I mean, we've had situations where people have clicked on emails that they mm-hmm. shouldn't have, and, but our software caught it, oh, and, and we were able to remediate without any. Yeah. But it's just never-ending, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and people are the weakest link in this thing. Right. You know, it's the that, tempted, that tempting email about, you know, I just, you know, my shipment's late. Well, it's not really, you know, a legitimate email, but you mm-hmm. just want to click on a tracking number. And they got you. And you don't even think about, geez, did I really order something? Mm-hmm. It's just that human nature. They just they just try and figure out how to social engineer these things so that people are just tempted to click on it. Yeah, the, the you've won a new iPhone, whatever, put oh. in whatever number you want. Yeah, or click even, this link. a free cup of coffee. I oh, mean, yeah. just the stuff that, that – you know, I mean, who wouldn't want a free cup of coffee? It sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> but but you just, you know, I I think it's just if it sounds too good to be true mm-hmm. and nothing is given away for free, mm-hmm. and you just got to think about some things and go, does this really make sense? Mm-hmm. And just pausing before you click. And 
The reason why I'm bringing it up here is, A, we put a lot of time into security, IT security, mm -hmm. and we will continue to do that forever. But number two, from a personal perspective, everybody that's listening to this podcast, you know, keep yourselves safe at, at home too. And, and we, we hope that the training that we give our employees benefits them at work, but also benefits them at home because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's personal financials, your personal information should remain that way. And you got to take that same care and caution when you're reading a, a personal email on your Gmail account than what we ask our employees to, to do when they're using their rail computer and their rail email accounts. So, and just make sure that, you know, if you get an email, was I expecting this email? Is this somebody I know? Mm -hmm. Did I did I even order something to be getting a, a tracking notice? And um, and when you're when in doubt, just, you know, rather than click on a link, best practice, so here's a great suggestion, you know, if you get an email that looks a little suspicious, from example, from your credit card company, well, rather than clicking on the link, just go to that credit card website by yourself separately, right? And mm -hmm. log in your information. And, and rather than that that link, you just never know, right? So when in doubt, if you want to check it out, go to go directly to your credit card company, call them or go to their website and log in. But don't necessarily click on that link that makes it look like, hey, it's really easiest to click here. But once you, you know, once you give up your, your username and password, it may look like a legitimate website, but once somebody has that, you're kind of giving up some control mm -hmm. there and you're putting yourself at risk. So don't do that. And, you know, when in doubt, make a phone call and check. Mm -hmm. What could possibly happen? Like what, what's like a worst case if you click on something that you shouldn't have? Well, there's a couple things, um, I mean, a variety of things. If you... There's different methodologies, but ultimately what everybody is trying to do is to harvest either personal information about you, right, or your, and that could include your, your credentials, usernames, passwords, and things like that. So it could be um, things like you know, if you're clicking, clicking an attachment or something that downloads malicious software on your computer, oftentimes things will either, either A, damage the information you have, and encrypt it and try and get a ransom from you. That's very common. Um, B, it might just run in the background without your knowing and collect everything you type. So as you log into a bank account and you type in your username and password, the software is just running in the background, collecting every keystroke and sending that stuff up. So you thought, you know, hey, my username and password are really long and they're secure. But if somebody in the background is just monitoring and collecting that stuff, they're just getting the keys to the castle, essentially, mm -hmm. right? And that stuff is valuable to these third-party bad actors. They take that information, either they use it themselves or they sell it mm -hmm. on the dark web to other people who then take it and do bad things. I've heard of people doing that and, and uh, taking possession of their house, their cars, you know, taking out a second mortgage on their home or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just, there's, once once you have enough information that you can effectively impersonate mm -hmm. somebody, then it gets gets dangerous, right? So. Because yeah, everything's done online nowadays. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot. I mean, you can buy a house. You can, I, I'm buying a house next week, and I'm literally doing everything online. Yeah. So. It is, it is crazy. You yeah. Know? And so. Keep your, you know, keep your personal information confidential. Mm -hmm. Be smart about what you do on the computer. Um. But yeah, 
either either it can be very, you know, like the first thing I talked about where somebody just basically, you know, damages the data on your computer or encrypts it. Mm-hmm. That's very visual. You know that something's happening, um, and that's bad. But even worse, from my opinion, is when people are doing stuff you have no idea of, right? And that's collecting the usernames and passwords and stuff, and you have no idea mm-hmm. until something happens later in the future that that even happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just being smart, um, you know, and just saying, is it, does this email really make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, people can make some really good emails, um, look very official with company logos on the bottom of them. I can't tell you how many FedEx tracking emails I've gotten that look really legitimate. But then you look at the sender, and you look at the detail of that sender email address, and it's not FedEx. Mm-hmm. Or there's just, you know, the the way that the words were put together in a sentence just don't quite make mm-hmm. sense. Like it wasn't written very well. All those simple red flags are obvious signs of a phishing email, and just avoid them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's just there's just too much uh, too much at risk if you just take a chance. And I think no matter what, you get an email from your bank. Let's say, go to the bank like you said. Go to the bank's website. Don't go to the bank through that link. Right, exactly. I mean, remember, these messages are designed to get you to take action. So they're going to try and scare you mm. or tempt you. Um, Urgency, into, like yeah, hurry. Yeah, yeah they're trying to get urgent. Trying to, they're trying to keep you from time trying to, to outsmart you, right, and, and make you forget about what your brain's telling you and just instinctively I want to click on that. Yeah. And um, so they're just designed to try and get you to take action, right? Now, if somebody clicks on something and then all of a sudden they think, oh, sh- I-, I shouldn't have clicked on that, uh, what what should they do? Well, it just depends. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if you're if you're working on a company computer, right, certainly we, we always want people to call immediately, right? So the early earliest that we can work on that computer and just give it a health check, the better. So... We want people just to raise their hand and say, hey, I, I think I might have clicked on something I shouldn't have, right? I would rather know about that than have people not say something and then something bad happen later, right? So that's it. Um, but in B, if, if you think on your personal computer you did it, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, I highly recommend everybody on their personal computers has appropriate anti-malware and antivirus software running. Typically, that that's a huge thing there. Um, but if, if you really think that you, if you got into something you shouldn't have, you know, then I think it depends on your level of skill, right? If you're very mm-hmm. comfortable doing some troubleshooting things, that's one thing. The other option is to, to seek professional, you know, somebody like an IT professional, a local computer store or whatever, and say, hey, I think I, mm-hmm. I, think I got into something here. Um, my computer's been acting kind of weird ever since, so I shut it down, and I need you to take a look at it and just – and they'll – They'll run a variety of diagnostics and different things on there just to see what's what's going on. But um, but if you really think that you got into something, and, and there's some obvious signs, right? People will get warning screens popping up, or you know things like that that might look a little suspicious. Um, don't ignore those, but you know you might want to seek some professional guidance or assistance to get them remediated. Just like uh, the doctor and uh, you know medical doctors, right. it, it's, it's this whole technology thing. It's an it's an extension of us, so we have to treat it almost the same way, right? Yeah, you gotta take yeah take good care of it for sure. But uh, yeah, that, that that is serious stuff, and it, I think people just 
sometimes think that, well, I'm logging into a website and it's a secure website. But if there's software on your computer that's monitoring the keystrokes, mm. it's not as secure mm. as you think. You know? Nothing is secure if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, there's, I guess what we all, what we say from a IT professional perspective is you can't buy 100% security. That just doesn't exist out there. Um, you, you try and spend to an appropriate level, but there is no 100% secure unless you basically... Well, build got, everything yourself you and have it on of, this well, private network, or you just or you just got rid of computers in general, right? You went mm. back to paper and analog phones. I mean, there, there's, I'm, I'm kind of good with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, even building it yourself though and having it all on a private network, people can get in. I mean, there's there's always there is no 100 percent, right? No matter what you're talking about or how many millions and millions of dollars you mm-hmm. spend, there is no any IT security professional will say. There is no 100% secure solution out there. Right? It just doesn't exist. But, you know, you can, so every company tries to figure out where they're okay with mm-hmm. being on that risk spectrum, and that's where they try and get to. Mm-hmm. And it's different for every company and every industry. And if you're in healthcare or if you have HIPAA information or if you're banking or whatever, right, everybody's risk appetite is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is no... There is no solution that someone could pull out and just write a, a check and say, I'm 100% secure. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't exist. Yeah. That's just life in general, right? Even yeah. even on a right. like physical yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I got one the other day. I'm, I got like a million dollers coming to me. Oh, you talking? Yeah, did you fill out your? Well, all he needed was my bank account information. <laughs> it sounded legit. I mean, he was a prince. Why would he lie, you know? Uh, or the, uh, the email from uh, a relative that, is in jail in a foreign country. Well, I had to rescue him, of course, you know. You can't just let him hang there. No, no. It would be family. Uh, You wouldn't be a good family member if you just let him sit, you know. Crazy. People always trying to get in and get something, I guess. Right. Yeah. And the last thing, shifting from from IT security, I guess the other thing that I'm really excited about, and it's less of an IT thing, it's just more something I personally love here at Rail as a driver advisory group. So, Mm I spend a lot of time just kind of pulling that together and helping because I just really enjoy that. Um, and for everybody on the podcast who may have, may have not heard of the Driver Advisory Group, it's just a it's a volunteer group of, of drivers that are nominated to be part of this group by their fleet managers. And it's just an informal gathering mm-hmm. where we everybody kind of does a Zoom call. They all get online. We'll have between 18 to maybe 21, 22 drivers. And we just talk about different topics, you know, and get their insight into what they're seeing, um, how we think we can get better as a company, get their thoughts on different things. Um, but it's just really a valuable event for us. Mm-hmm. And we do it at, informally once, uh, maybe two or three times a year, maybe four times. Um, but it's great. I mean, you think of our driver group. I mean, they, I, when I when I kick off the driver advisor group, I, I tell everybody thanks for being there because I really mean that, and and it's it's so great because that's really where the the rubber meets the road, right inside the cab. All the all the hard work that our you name it, right, our, our driver trainers and instructors, maintenance planners, customer service, everything kind of comes to a point right there in the truck, right. That's where everything has to be perfect and synchronized 
in order for it to be flawless and be smooth in a smooth experience. So our drivers see so much and they see where there's so many, see the opportunities for us to get better. And they have a lot of great ideas in terms of how we get better. So it's just great to get that different opinions and what's going well and what's not going so well. And, and so from those meetings, we, we come away with a great list of opportunities. Um, each executive that's there basically takes ownership of some of those things. But my goal at the end of those meetings when we do a debrief is, all right, we have 20 opportunities here and we kind of divide and conquer them and, and we track that list all the way until we've worked through all of those. Mm -hmm. And so the, the feedback's great, the energy's great, everybody that, that typically comes to the driver advisory groups are um, just share some really great concepts and ideas and thoughts and it's just really a great way for rail to get better and better and better. Um, it's really just that self-driven process improvement. Mm -hmm. It can get difficult to get that out of drivers on the day-to-day -day while the business is happening, I, I would imagine. Well, you know, and we have some drivers that really leverage the um, driver suggestion box in the MyRail app, right? So it's kind of a little plug for that. But mm -hmm. uh, there's some drivers that are very active there, and they're like, hey, here's what I saw today or, or whatever the case might be. And they do a great job giving us feedback that way. But I think... I think every I think when you get when you get busy, right? You're just working to get through your day, and and sometimes ideas and thoughts don't always get get make their way back um, to uh, the to to the support teams. And this is just a an intentional pause for us, right? And it's really I mean every the entire executive team really spends the, the whole half a day just listening. That's pretty cool. I don't think a lot of companies do that. Everybody is, there, is there some of the things that have come out of that that have benefited the driver? Oh, yeah. Or the company, either way. Yeah, I mean, I the last tally, mm -hmm. I know it was north of 130 changes we've made, mm -hmm. just that we're inspired by ideas or comments or insights that have come out of the driver advisory group stuff. So mm -hmm. I, very, very tangible things. It's and, like preventative maintenance on our support. Yeah, I think maybe that from that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Um, I mean, the way that I, I, I just really feel like the folks that drive our trucks today just see so many opportunities because they're kind of the recipient, right, of mm -hmm. our planning and our maintenance and our technology and and. And I think there's just so many great ideas there in terms of, well, if we just did it this way, mm -hmm. and it may seem so obvious when you're, oh, yeah. when you're you know, from the, when you're the recipient of the technology or the plan or the route or whatever, um, but it may not seem so obvious to everybody else who's not driving, right? So it's just great to get that perspective. And there's just, like I said, a lot of great ideas and I'm, um, if nothing else, and sometimes it's just simply a a confirmation that hey, keep doing this. This is mm -hmm. really good. Don't change this. Well, they're your eyes and ears right. out on the road. I mean, rail stays kind of hands on with stuff, but it's different than like the ones actually in the field doing the job. They're actually seeing this customer. You know, say they're having an issue with this customer about unloading or loading, whatever whatever the case is. 
they can get that feedback to to whoever needs to be, and, and you know we can improve that process. Absolutely, and make their job a lot easier. Yeah. And where do drivers go again on the MyRail app if they have some of that feedback? I don't know if I can give you verbatim the navigation, Travis, but it's in the MyRail app, and it's the driver suggestion box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of drivers are aware of that. It's probably in some of our training videos on the MyRail app. But it's such a – and if anybody has any any questions about that, certainly reach out to your fleet manager. They'll give you some guidance on how to get there. But um, I see every one of those Mm-hmm. things that get get entered by a driver there so you know every week they're flowing in a lot of people use that as a great conduit and we I think do a fantastic job getting back to people I mean I think every single response unless somebody says you don't need to reach out to me gets a call back on it um, and Amanda McCarthy does a great job just kind of following and closing the loop making sure the right executive inside of rail sees this and it's done in a very quick turnaround fashion. So it is definitely the opposite of what people used to think of suggestion boxes, right? Where mm-hmm. you used to drop that sheet of paper there, and you, you always wondered, did somebody ever even see that? I thought there was a shredder yeah. on the other side, you know, <laughs> yeah. or a trash can. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly the opposite. I mean, and, and some things you know, are things that we just don't have a good solution for or we can't mm-hmm. solve quickly, but it's still good to know about them. Um, other things are, are easy, quick fixes. So we just try and address everything we can. It is funny though how some things can be so obvious, and we and yet, yet we don't see them. I mean, I, you know, I've experienced that. I've, so obvious. How did I not think of that? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just your the the perspective or lens or angle of viewing, right? Mm-hmm. That just makes a world of difference. And it's like, hey, if we just did this, um, and that's just the power of working together. You know, because everybody's got different viewing angles or vantage points. And I think that's the power of working together and sharing ideas and concepts. That's how great companies get even better. They they do that a lot here. Like if you, no matter what position you're in, if you come up with an idea, I I found out they'll listen to what you have to say. It may may not always work, may not be an option at that time, but maybe in the future. Right. And that's it. I mean, as long as, as long as everybody knows that not every suggestion can be acted upon oh, immediately. No, of right? course not. But but a lot of it has to do with timing too, right? right? And what else we're changing at that moment, but mm-hmm. it should never discourage people from sharing their ideas and thoughts because gotcha. I think that's really good. Yeah. Who would have thought 60 years ago we'd be where we're at right now? Right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah you think of the growth and success mm-hmm. we've had, and it's just fun to think. I've been with Rail now. I'm think in May it'll be 10 years mm-hmm. um, and the journey we've had already as a company and mm-hmm. I'm just really excited about the next 10 I think it's gonna be really great yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of anything else can you Travis no you guys exhausted my whole list <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I guess we'll wrap it up right there yeah. if uh, you guys have any questions for the podcast they can always send feedback to podcast at rail.net All right. If you guys are up in Marshfield area and you guys want to come on to the podcast, just give us a holler. Let us know. We'll be glad to have you guys on. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me again, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation today. And until next time. Yeah, we're going to have to get you back on and get an update on that hardware development. That's interesting. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 Hopefully I'll have some great news to share. So maybe in a couple months we can talk again. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. You guys keep doing it uh, safe legal way we'll talk to you next time all right 
Bye. Yeah. Good.